Hi, this is Pastor Danny Deeth, and I'm so excited that you have chosen to join us here at First Presbyterian Church for worship today. Know that the love, grace, mercy, and joy of Jesus Christ beckon you to join our church family as we seek to celebrate our journey with Christ in this service of worship. So we're glad you're here. Come on in. Our first scripture lesson for today is taken from the book of Genesis, the second chapter, beginning with verse four. In the day that the Lord God made the heaven and the earth, when no plants of the field was yet in the earth and no herb of the field had yet sprung up, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth and there was no one to till the ground but a stream would rise from the earth and water the whole face of the ground. Then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. And the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east. And there he put the man whom he had formed. This is the word of the Lord. Our second reading is taken from the prophet Ezekiel, Ezekiel 37, 1 through 10. I'm going to read a little bit farther than that through 14. Often when we think of Ezekiel, we think of this passage. It is the valley of the dry bones. The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out by the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me all around them. There were very many lying in the valley and they were dry. He said to me, mortal, can these bones live? I answered, oh Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. I will lay sinews on you and will cause flesh to come upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. And you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I had been commanded. And as I prophesied, suddenly there was a noise, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone. I looked and there were sinews on them and flesh had come upon them and skin had covered them. But there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophecy to the breath, prophecy, mortal, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. 
I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet, a vast multitude. Then he said to me, mortal, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say, our bones are dried up and our hope is lost and we are cut off completely. Therefore, prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord God, I'm going to open your graves and bring you up from your graves. O my people, and I will bring you back to the land of Israel and you shall know that I am the Lord. When I open your graves and bring you up from your graves, O my people, I will put my spirit within you and you shall live. And I will place you on your own soil. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken and will act, says the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So that was Robert Zimmerman. We know him as Bob Dylan. That was a song that he put together in 1989 on his O Mercy album. It sounds like he's in a bad place. It's not slow. It's not depressing. It's a bluesy, upbeat tune as if one thing after another just keeps going wrong and wrong and wrong. Everything is broken. Today, as we look at our passage in Ezekiel, everything not only is broken, but it has been broken for decades. If we look at the prophet Ezekiel, what is his time? Where are we? We are in the Hebrew Bible or the Old Testament. He is an Old Testament prophet. He was called into his service after the Babylonians came in 586, wiped out Jerusalem, wiped out the temple, destroyed it, desecrated it, reduced it to rubble. And then they were exiled some 500 miles to go live in Babylon, most of them. What is Iraq today? So think about being Jewish in that time period. Think about your whole world revolving around the temple. There was one temple and that's where God resided. All of your community life in Jerusalem and surrounding areas, your learning, your worship, your social gatherings, Everything revolved around the temple. And now the temple is destroyed and you are displaced. So not only how do I, how do I work in a new place that isn't where I've been, in a completely new country, this pagan country. Think about how hard it was for them who tied God directly to the temple to have lost the temple. Think about what it would be like if, God forbid, we were to lose our complete building and campus. Let's say the whole block got wiped out. Would we be sad? Of course we would. 
Would we think to ourselves, how do we continue to worship in the same way we've been worshiping since the mid-1800s? Absolutely. But we know that God isn't bound to this place. Think how much more God was confined to a place and then that place is destroyed. Where then is God? What then do we do when all we have known is the temple? How do we worship? How do we pray? How do we teach? How do we give sacrifices? How do we do everything that we know we're called to do when we can't and there is no place? Everything was broken for them. 586 BC, they went for roughly 50 years in exile. And in the midst of that is when Ezekiel comes into his call, his ministry. And this is when our story in 37 comes into place. They've been gone forever. They think they are without hope. Well, they are. God says it. They are without hope. They think they are cut off. And they don't know what to do. So into this, God brings Ezekiel, put him in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. Now, why would the bones have been there? Well, probably a battlefield of some sort. In that day, they would camp up in the surrounding hills and then come down to fight and then retreat back out. But nothing is left but the bone. So it has been time upon time since these bones have been alive or this battle had taken place. They are been bleached by the power of the sun. There is nothing alive there, dead bones. He goes on and says, God led me all around them. There were very many lying in the valley and they were dry. So number one, I want you to remember, and you know it, but we sometimes forget it in the moments that we need to remember that God doesn't leave us. Even if we feel there is no hope, even if we feel we are cut off, even if we can't feel God's presence in our life as Ezekiel and the exiled house of Israel felt, God was still with them. God is still with Ezekiel. God is with us no matter what. Our God is an intimate God and a God of presence. So don't forget that. He then says to me, God says, mortal, can these bones live? And Ezekiel, hedging his bets because he's not real sure. He doesn't really know. What, what do you mean, can these bones live? I'm looking at a bunch of dead, disconnected bones in a valley. You're asking me if they can live? I don't think so, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hedge my bets and I will say, um, oh, Lord God, you know. Then he says, prophecy to these bones and say to them, oh, dry bones, Hear the word of the Lord. Couldn't resist. So let's talk about prophecy for just a minute. 
So prophets in this day had a variety of roles and tasks. Sometimes prophets were able to see into the future. They were to have, they had visions. They were able to predict the future. A prophecy is a noun. That is a tangible thing. A person, place, or thing, a prophecy. The prophecy came true. To prophesy is a verb. That's what's happening. That's what you are doing in the process of speaking. And so, yes, prophets look ahead. They are empowered by God. They are given messages, not unlike angels in some ways. Angels also are messengers. But prophets are also to tell the truth to power and tell the truth in love about God. Who wanted to be a prophet in the Old Testament times? Nobody. Who wanted to hear a prophet in Old Testament times? Nobody. Why? Because you had, it was your job to tell people how they have strayed from God and they needed to right that ship. But when it came to kings and other people of authority, they generally don't like to hear that. Prophets would call them out for engaging in behavior that was against God's commands. Kings didn't like that. So prophets were always being despised and saying difficult things to everybody. It was a hard living back in the day. It ain't that much easier now. So he says to prophecy, prophesy, that again is the verb to do it. And he says, tell them, say to them, prophecy, he says, but say to them, hear the word of the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord. So right away, we know that this prophet is being told to tell other people God's word. It's almost simple. God's going to tell him more. But for us nowadays, we need to know that we too are being called to be prophets to the places that God sends us. I don't want to do that. I don't like the sound of that. That sounds pretty, uh, I don't know. I'm pretty insecure about that, Pastor. I'm, maybe I'm a disciple, but a prophet? I don't think so. Well, you are. If you're a disciple, raise your hand. Disciple of Jesus Christ, raise it up. Come on. Disciple of Jesus Christ. And if you are a prophet of God, also raise your hand. That is the same people. If you are a disciple, you are a prophet. Why? Because part of your discipleship is to be telling people words of God, telling people about God. And that's what God is saying to Ezekiel. Say this to them the word of the Lord, and then gives it to them. What then do we have to do to know the word of the Lord? I hadn't had a vision as clear as this. Maybe some of y'all have. I absolutely believe God communicates and uses every tool possible to communicate with us. Maybe it's dreams. Maybe it's visions. 
Maybe it's the song on the radio. Maybe it's the sermon. Maybe it's the postlude. Maybe it's the anthem. Maybe it's the Bible study or the service project. But we need to know what the word of the Lord is before we can tell others about it. And that means we need to be open to discerning what the word of the Lord is. And we do it through all of those ways. To practice being a Christian and a disciple and a prophet is to do just that. How do we know what the word of the Lord is? Well, you take the time and you study and you take the time and you be with God and you pray and you serve and you seek God in your life. You cannot take a word of God and spread the word of God unless you know to some degree the word of God. Does that mean you have to be on the same level as all of these biblical characters who all did terrible things, by the way? No, you don't. Don't let your faith insecurity ruin your prophetic voice. Say to them, hear the word of the Lord. I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. Today we are starting in our conversation about the Holy Spirit. This week, next week, and then Pentecost Sunday, June 5th, the first Sunday in June. So we are looking at two two stories in the the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament, where the, the Spirit is present. One, day one of creation. God's wind comes and blows over the void, the chaos of creation. And then the passage that Mark read to you is the second creation story. There are two in the first one. Adam and Eve are created equal together at the same time. Man and woman, he created them together. The second one, starting in chapter 2, This is where God creates from the dust, Adam. And what is lacking to make Adam live? His body is together. He's got all his toes on his feet, all his fingers on his hands. What is he missing? What's that? Right, the spirit, God's breath, God then breathes into Adam and gives him life. He is a lifeless lump without God's spirit. It is the same in this valley of dry bones. When the spirit comes, the bones will start to clang and clack and start to come together and form human bodies and the sinews and the flesh, and all of it comes together, and there's a multitude, an army, some translations say, of people there. What don't they have? The same thing, the breath of God. That wonderful Hebrew word, ruach, R-U-A-C-H, meaning spirit, breath, and wind. All of that from God. When God breathes God's breath into, Abraham, to, into, into Adam and God breathes God's breath into these lifeless but formed bodies, life happens. 
So the first thing I want you to do is to identify in your life where your dry valleys are. What are those dry bones? At the same time that I hope your life is wonderful, there are so many things to celebrate, so many blessings, there are always things that need some work and attention. Whether that's in your own heart and life, your own faith journey, maybe it's a relationship with a spouse or a child or a friend, maybe it is your vocation, your occupation, maybe it is the ways and places that you work, the people you work with, the places you go, things that you do. Nobody's life is perfect. We all have these dry valleys that God is saying, before you can go out, you need to call the spirit into your life. And the second time that God tells Ezekiel to prophesy, he says, you call the spirit, you call the four winds. I'm not doing it. You see that each step, God says, you tell the bones to do this and you tell the winds, the spirit to do that. That kind of power, I think we don't think that we have, but we do. <clears throat> In the same way, in the same fashion that Ezekiel and those prophets did, so too are we, the disciples and prophets today, that God empowers and equips with the amazing Holy Spirit. But you have to claim that power. And you can't shrug that off. Well, shucks, I don't know the whole Bible. Ezekiel probably didn't either. He even ate a scroll at one point. He was a weird dude. But God is using him like God is using you. And again, God told him to speak God's word to the bones and miraculous things happen. And then he said, you go and speak my word and call the spirit yourself and more miraculous things happen. So today, friends, we are called into a world that many look at and think, just as Bob Dylan did, everything is broken. Many things are. We are broken by our sinful nature, and yet we are divinely created by a loving God. I believe there is far more love and light in the world than brokenness and darkness, but it is real and it is out there. It is in here. And it is our job to stop explaining away God's power in our life, to look into our own hearts, to find the word of God that God is placing on our hearts, to bring the spirit into our dry bone places, so then we can go into the world and share that with others in appropriate ways. Not to beat them over the head with the Bible or the Spirit, but to empower them and to share why you believe. Some will receive you well, some will not. That is our life. So as we go forth, know that everything is not broken. Israelites thought so. God is saying to them through Ezekiel, I am bringing you back, I am bringing you home. The Valley of the Dry Bones is the house of Israel being brought back from Babylon back to Jerusalem and surrounding areas. For us, we need to remember that God is always with us no matter what in our broken 
and dry bone places. We need to do that inner work and work. I want you to identify this and work as, as a summer goal. What are the dry, dead places in your heart, in your life that you need to work on first? Again, maybe it's in relationships or pieces with others. And then, and then you pivot and you take that word out so that others will know the power of God's love and grace and Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit brings dead things back to life. Let us go and experience that every day in every way. Hallelujah. Amen.